0: You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is to not only share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon with conversations about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and our community. You can find out more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the book of Philippians, beginning in chapter 1, verse 27. Philippians 1, 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, at this time I'm gonna invite the children to line up here with Miss Pat. They're going to be dismissed off to Kids Club or Children's Church or whatever we're, we're calling that these days. It's for kids, um, grades one to five. Look at all these kids. You hear that, kids? Your church loves you, and so does Jesus. Well, if you haven't guessed yet, I'm not preaching to you this morning. So, I'm going to invite Josh Hallahan to come. Josh is a South Jersey native. Yeah, you can welcome him. Josh grew up in Sicklerville, New Jersey. He attended uh, Philadelphia Biblical University back when they still called it that, um, he is a graduate of Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. He has served as a youth pastor in Clayton, New Jersey, as a missionary in Uganda with World Gospel Mission, and he is now the Director of Discipleship for the Francis Asbury Society. And uh, we're, we're excited to welcome him here today. He is also the dad to Caleb, Seth, Elizabeth, and Rebecca. And the husband to Kelly, who just happens to be my sister. So there's a little bit of a relation here, too. Um, So uh, Josh is is a great guy. He's... uh, Uh, a friend and a brother in christ and we're grateful to welcome him here to hear him open the word of god for us but also to hear a little bit about the francis asbury society because i think that's an organization that we as a church need to know more about so we can partner with them and the good things that god is doing through them so would you welcome josh officially to the platform
1: thank you well good morning Good to be with you, and uh, when Scott introduced me in the Sunday school class, he referred to me as a friend and his brother-in-law. Uh, I, I told the Sunday school class which came first, the <laughs> way, It was brother-in-law. <laughs> it's good to be with you and to share the word uh, with you this morning, uh, to hear what God has for us this morning. Uh, we just... Uh, This past week or a week, not this past week, the week before, we hung out with quite a number of your youth who I see. Hi guys. Uh, They were out at camp meeting with us at the Lanco camp. uh, And we're also, we have the summer staff here with us. Uh, So we're glad you guys are here. Uh, And Jeremy was with with us for the week. So uh, mark it on your calendars next summer. We wanna see you all out there uh, for camp meeting, for family camp. This morning, We're going to look at conduct worthy of the gospel, and Scott read the scripture to us. And man, we could be here all day uh, diving into that word. And I do know the air conditioning is broken, and so I won't keep you here all day uh, because you'll be asleep in in a few minutes. But uh, you know, it it doesn't take long for us to look at the news, uh, to uh, see the troubling times, the, the the troubling things that are going on around us, right? Uh, You know, there's a war in Ukraine. Uh, There's a war in Ethiopia. We know that every time we go to the grocery store, it seems like the prices have gone up even more of our favorite things. Uh, I think the gas prices are trending down, but I mean, still, who wants to pay what we're paying at the pump? Uh, And that's becoming hard for every family. Uh, You know, with prices increasing, it means we can less with our money and that becomes a great difficulty for many there are, it seems to be countless topics that uh, are now taboo uh, when our families get together for meals uh, or when the neighbors get together because depending what opinion you have on what subject that means you're going to be in great disagreement with the person sitting next to you uh, or labeled with a, a specific label because you believe this specific thing and that has created a lot of division in our communities and even in our homes and even in our churches. We watched, uh, we continue to watch violence in our schools and our hearts are broken for lives that are lost through that. And as I alluded to, our churches are not even immune uh, to these divisions and disagreements that come in. What a great start to a sermon, Josh, we're really encouraged. Um, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot that rightly so brings about a lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of concern, a lot of fear, and that's all very understandable. What's encouraging to us is that, or can be encouraging to us, is that none of this surprises God and that He is still very much in control Of this world and what is happening and and our faith teaches us that we can put our trust in him that when those anxieties and when those fears come we can lay them at his feet and know that he cares deeply for us and is is in control we can trust him each day and really none of this is new Uh, we hear in Ecclesiastes right that there's nothing new under the sun I mean there have been troubling times since since the world began. Uh, But still, to here we find ourselves in 2022 uh, really carrying some pretty heavy burdens with a lot going on. And yet that faith that we have, you know, as we were singing the song, uh, I think that line is so appropriate. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Church, we have something that doesn't make a lot of sense to the world, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, but it's that peace that can come amidst all that the world throws at us, that some way, somehow, our faith in God causes all those things to grow strangely dim because we can see Jesus for who he is. We have a God that we trust. We have a faith that is a rock that is more firm than anything else we could stand on. Amen? And our world needs this news. And so Paul tells us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I, I my personality, I'm a very black and white person. Uh, I'm a, if you do the Enneagram, I'm a number one. Uh, I'm the right one, right? It's, I want to be right. Uh, I love things that are black and white. And Paul says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Full stop. Period. Whatever happens. Unless it's this, nope. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. To me, that's somehow comforting. It's somehow confusing. But to the world around us, this can be an extreme comfort. That God's people are not shaken when the world is. That they see God's church stand firm when everything seems to be crumbling around them. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, whatever happens. And Paul, Paul is addressing the church at, uh, at Philippi that's facing pressure from within and from without. Again, we are not immune in the local church, in the broader church, we are not immune from, from pressure. From one another right and there's obviously pressure from outside these walls as well and so paul is speaking to the, a young church that is striving to grow uh, in, a, in a culture and an environment that is less favorable than what even we have today they have pressures just like we have and and paul is saying whatever happens stand firm on the gospel conduct conduct yourselves worthy. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of this gospel that you preach out. People are watching you. People are watching. They need what you have. So this is, it's a big task. It's kind of overwhelming in ways, but thankfully, and I shared this with our Sunday school class this morning, we were talking a little bit about the Great Commission, Uh, God never calls us to something that says, okay, good luck, right? Hope you can do this. He gives us the spirit to empower us and to equip us and to give us everything that we need in order to fulfill what he's called us to do. And so when Paul tells us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, he's not leaving us to do it on our own strength because I think we know if we did this on our own strength, we'd fail. We do when we try. The spirit comes and helps us and enables us and equips us to live a life worthy of the gospel. Nevertheless, this is a call to take seriously, and this is a call that uh, our world needs, and you know that. It's interesting, when Paul says, conduct yourselves, uh, some things that I was reading about this, another way to look at it is that Paul is saying, live as good citizens, and he's not talking about your earthly citizenship. He's talking about your citizenship as a member of the kingdom of God, as part of God's family. Now, again, Paul is talking to citizens here in Philippians. He's talking to citizens of Rome. Now, to be a Roman citizen at this time came with a whole lot of pride because Rome was the power, right? Sound familiar? We just celebrated July 4th. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being proud to be an American. As Americans, we take a lot of pride in our citizenship, maybe because we are one of if not the great world power. I don't know, we're not gonna go there. But we take a lot of pride in our American citizenship. I remember uh, Kelly and I and Scott and Meg for a time, we served in Uganda. And in our beginning days in Uganda, we did a lot of like cultural training and just learning about uh, the culture, learning some language. And I remember asking our uh, tutor or whoever she was at the time, I, I asked her, I said, you know, do, do Ugandans take pride in being Ugandan? I said, because us Americans, we take a lot of pride in being American. And I will never forget the look on her face. I mean, just this look of complete confusion came over her face, and she's like, no, we don't. Uh, now, there's a, lot of, you know, there's a lot of tribes in Uganda, and so there's, there's a tribal pride, but to be Ugandan, that was a foreign concept to her. Not that they don't like being Ugandan, but they just to take pride in that it didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, our pride and our citizenship ought to be as citizens of heaven, of God's kingdom, and that should far outweigh any earthly citizenship that we have. So when Paul is saying, "Conduct yourselves as good citizens," citizens, he's not saying as American Christians. He's saying as Christians, as members of God's kingdom conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. This is a kingdom that goes across all national boundaries as we are aware. And so let's conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Let's be good citizens of the kingdom of God. So how do we do this? Again uh, we don't, we don't do this on our own strength. But number one, we stand firm in the Spirit, Paul says. And I talked about this earlier. We, we are not doing this on our own strength. We are not, this isn't God saying, good luck, I'll see you when you get here. It's saying, I'm going to give you a helper. Stand firm in the Spirit that is in you. And again, this is a young church in Philippians. This is a young church. Uh, they're still getting used to this full indwelling of the Holy Spirit being with them 24-7. This is a new and exciting thing. Paul's saying, stand firm in that. Stand firm in that spirit that is in you, that is 24-7 with you. That's where you're going to find your foundation. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where maybe you lost a child. I'm not, you don't have to raise a hand. Um, but uh, I was thinking about this, and you know, the, the traveling that we had did back and forth to Uganda, we spent a lot of time in airports. I just dropped a friend off at the airport, and I felt like this nostalgia. I'm like, oh. I miss airports, that's weird. Um, But uh, in Uganda, whenever we were leaving, exiting Uganda, there was like 55 layers of security that we had to jump through. And as soon as you enter the the front door of the airport, there's a security check. And so anyone who was helping us carry like our 20 totes of luggage, they stopped right there at the door, they could go no further. So here's Kelly and I with four kids, small kids, and like 20 big action packers full, 50 pounds each, sometimes 51, 52 pounds, we kind of pushed, pushed the limit. But we had to get all of those through the security. Like they had to go through the x-ray machine. How do you do that with four kids in tow, right? And, and the line pushing up against you from behind. So what we would do, usually Kelly or usually Kelly would go first with the kids, uh, but we would tell our kids, stand right here, don't move, right? And then Kelly would be on the other side of the x-ray machine as I'm throwing the totes in, I'm drenched in sweat, right? We haven't even started our journey yet, but we tell our kids, don't move. So maybe you've been in a situation where you're you know, in a crowded area, maybe you can't quite find a kid, and so you tell your kids, don't move, stand firm. I know this location, I know that you are here, I need to go look for this other one, Don't move. This is the idea that Paul is saying. He's not saying don't move like don't grow in your faith. But he's saying whatever comes at you, whatever tries to distract you, I need you to stand firm. Don't move. This is right. This is true. Don't budge. You have to stand firm. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us 24-7. Gang, we can stand firm in that. There is no greater power. There is no threat to it. None. Stand firm. Whatever comes your way, stand firm in that. And then Paul tells us to fear not. Again, there's a lot of pressure going on, there's a lot of competing voices. There's a lot of anxiety that is quite understandable. And Paul says, striving together without being frightened in any way. So one of the many times throughout scripture that we're told, don't be afraid. I think God knew that there would be a lot that would threaten that, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be frightened in any way. And the idea behind this is, I don't know if anybody has... I know one person has, uh, involved with horses. Now, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Lydia. Um, But sometimes, horses get spooked. And it's random. It can be, you know, I've seen in TV shows, which, I mean, that's where all truth comes from. Uh, You know, the snake or whatever, you know, kind of spooks the horse. And the horse, all of a sudden, it goes from normal horse calm behavior to boom, it's gone, right? And if you happen to be sitting on that horse, there's a good likelihood that you are now going to find yourself you know, on the ground. And that horse is, is gone. That horse is spooked. That's the idea that Paul is saying. He said, don't be spooked. Don't let these things set you off. Where you just kind of lose control, you're afraid, and so you leave that spot that you've been told to stand firm in, right? You, boom, you dart from it because you're afraid. Paul's saying, fear not. Don't let the things of this world. Don't let these pressures that are coming in uh, scare you to where you you, uh, you dart off. Our daughter Rebecca uh, played t-ball this year, softball, first time, and uh, they won the championship. By the way, uh, I have a championship daughter, and she has more championships than I have. Uh, but. It was fun watching these young girls learn softball, and by the end of the season watching them, you know, they're literally making, I think their team made two double plays, which is like fantastic. But it was funny watching them at bat. Uh, Towards the end of the season, quite a few of them are able to hit off a pitch. They would give them three chances to hit off the pitch, and if they miss those three, then they give them two chances to hit off the tee, right? So you can imagine if you, the girls who are really, they're, they're doing well, they're learning, they're hitting off the pitch. You know, if they miss those three, all of a sudden that anxiety builds up, right? Because now they only have two chances and they're hitting off the tee. And then they're kind of like standing there, like shaking and just kind of scared and nervous and oh, bam, what do they do? They, they nail the tee with that swing, right? And the ball's just, right? Can't run on that. So now they have one left. And I mean, they're really just kind of riddled in fear and anxiety. Who wants to strike out in T-ball? Like, that'll, that'll stick with you. Our coach, I'd watch her, and she was brilliant. She was great at what she did. She would lock eyes with the girls. She'd say, deep breath. Right? Deep breath. And you would see it. Just the anxiety fall off. And the girls would be calm, and boom. You know, they'd nail that ball off the tee. It's okay to take deep breaths. There's a lot going on out there. And when God says fear not, it's not this, you know, don't let emotions come. No, emotions are real. Uh, he made us with those. But take a pause. Deep breath. Right? I've, you know, you, you see that bill come up at the grocery store? Whew, deep breath. Fill it up regular. Deep breath, right? Uh, The doctor calls and it's news you don't want to hear. Deep breath, right? Don't fear. Stand firm. He's bigger than this. You can trust him, he's got it under control. So stand firm, don't fear. And then the third one, and this isn't third in order of importance, but this kind of wraps it all up. Um, and really, I just Scott read the scripture and it's, it's chapter 2 of Philippians 1 through 11 when Paul talks about the example of Christ. We have an example. We need to imitate Christ. We sang a song. Your songs were spot on, by the way. It's almost as if we, we talked beforehand and planned this. Uh, You all, I think you all sang these words. If you sang these words, I don't know if you realize what you sang. But we sang together, letting go of this pride, giving up all my rights, lay me down. It's Not a very American thing to sing. (laughs) Letting go of all my rights, lay me down. That's being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And that's the way that Christ led, lived his life. And that's what Philippians 2 talks about. So uh, imitate Christ. Follow the example of Christ. I just want to look at a couple things here. These are Paul's words. Um, "Make my joy complete. By what? Being like-minded? Being like-minded. We can be like-minded and have difference of opinions because our foundation is on the spirit that lives, the same spirit that lives in you lives in me. We can have the mind of Christ. We can disagree with each other and still be friends and still be in communion and relationship together. Be like-minded, having the same love. Be one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And he goes on. All talking about the other, it's about the other. It's not about me. It's not about my rights. That's how Jesus lived, right? That's how he lived his life. He laid it down. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or something to be used to his own advantage. At any moment on the cross, Jesus could have said, enough. I'm done with this, right? Commanded angels. Angels would have came down in a heartbeat and he would have been off that cross, but no, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is who we imitate. We fought, this is how we live a life worthy of the gospel. We imitate Christ, we follow his example. Around Easter time, I came across, and maybe you've seen it if you're on social media or pay any amount of time on the internet, uh, I came across this meme, this series of memes pictures my son schooled me on what an actual meme is the other day because I didn't know Um, but it was a picture of Jesus washing feet of a certain group of people and it was one picture followed another picture followed another picture it was powerful Jesus on the first picture was washing the feet of Donald Trump and the very next picture he's washing the feet of President Biden Then he's washing the feet of a nurse with the mask and she's just exhausted. You know, pointing back to our healthcare workers who battled through the pandemic. Jesus washing the feet of a skater. Jesus washing the feet of a guy carrying the pride flag. Jesus washing the feet of a woman just lost in her phone. Jesus washing the feet of a mama holding her baby and the flag of Ukraine is there, depicting Jesus washing the feet of these ones who are fleeing from their homes. Jesus washing the feet of the Pope. Jesus washing the feet of a man who probably was homeless. Jesus washing the feet of someone who just looks alone and depressed and dejected. Jesus washing the feet of a drunk or an addict. Jesus washing the feet of a prison inmate, a police officer, and the last one was Jesus washing the feet of Judas Iscariot. This is who we imitate. Jesus loves with no boundaries. He loves all. We can love without approving of everything. We can love without agreeing upon everything. That's what Jesus did. And so as we live our lives in in a manner worthy of the gospel, we need to love every person that God allows us to come in contact with. One last story from Scripture, and then we want to just talk briefly about uh, the Francis Asbury Society. And this is from Acts chapter 3, I'll just tell it real quick. John and Peter, this is shortly after the day of Pentecost, and John and Peter are on their way to the temple to pray, and they encounter uh, a a man lame begging for money, who's brought there every day to beg for money, and the man hears Peter and John coming, and he just does his duty of yelling out to them, you know, help me, would you give me some money? And uh, the writer of Acts tells us that, um, I think it was Peter, Peter yells at him, hey, look at me. So this man is it's just going about his business, you know, just asking for money. He's not really expecting much. He's just kind of hoping. He's not even looking, locking eyes with these guys. And Peter says, look at me. And they lock eyes together. And Peter tells him, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And immediately this man is healed. And the man enters into the temple with Peter, And John begins dancing around and celebrating, causing all kinds of ruckus and causing quite a scene, just giving praise and glory and honor to the God who just healed his body. I just love this story because Peter and John are going about their religious duties, but something recently changed in their life. The Holy Spirit is now dwelling in them 24-7, and as they're going about their religious duties, as they're entering into church on Sunday, it wasn't, but as they're entering into Where they go to do their religious duties, the Spirit says, wait a minute. Pay attention to him. He needs you. And so Peter and John pause from their religious duties. And I I don't think Peter was given a line. I don't think he had silver or gold on him to give. But what he did have, he gave. And he healed the man. Jesus healed the man. The power of the Holy Spirit healed the man. And then they walked into that religious zone together and he let that man cause a scene. And people stood in amazement as this man danced around. So my question is for us, for me, are we willing to let the Spirit really direct our steps as we live a life in a manner worthy of the gospel? To say, hey, I know you're going about your normal religious duties on Sunday morning, but I need you to pay attention to that one right there. It might make you a little bit late. It might make your pocket a little bit more empty, but I need you to pay attention to that one right there. Or whatever the Spirit calls us to do. Are we willing, am I willing, to say yes? And this is what the Francis Asbury Society is all about. The Society is a group of people, right? And so the Francis Asbury Society is a group of people who We have been transformed by the love of God, and we want to share and model that with anyone that uh, God will allow us to come in contact with. And so uh, Ron Smith, not your sound tech, but the Ron Smith in Kentucky, uh, the president of Francis Asbury Society, invited Kelly and I to come a year ago to uh, really focus on students. And that was his only criteria, was I want you to share this transforming love of God with students. And let me know how it goes. No. But (laughs) no real boundaries. Some suggestions, some opportunities. But he's like, just pray about it. See where God leads. And so we just want to give you two quick uh, ways that God is allowing us in Kentucky to do this. Yeah.
2: So one of the things that happens when you follow Jesus, when you let him lead you, is that he makes the divine appointment. And so we showed up at Asbury University in August of last year and we had some students sign up for one-on-one mentoring. They didn't know that I had been a missionary in Uganda. And would you know that the first three girls who signed up for a mentoring slot, one had lived in Rwanda for a year in Africa. One and two of the others had been missionary kids. Like, isn't that so like Jesus to take everything that we've been through, everything that he has poured into us, and then say, hey, guess what? Your people are here too. These people that we had been pouring into in Uganda, like, same, same situation. And so he doesn't waste anything when we are in the midst of discipling so we do one-on-one mentoring with students at asbury university we open our home all the time but <laughs> uh, on thursday nights for bible study we are um we are convinced that discipleship doesn't happen seated in a pew or a classroom necessarily It happens when we do life with people, Mm -hmm. when we invite them with us to the grocery store and they watch how we do traffic, (laughs) when we invite them over for pizza and a movie night with our family and they see how we relate with our kids, how we relate as husband and wife, when they notice, oh, that was a little bit like your daughter was having a hard time and you just held her. And that was really healing for me to watch. Those kind of things are how we make disciples. So we just invite people into our lives. So we have pizza and a movie night. We take Sonny's barbecue to our Asbury guys at the end of finals week, and we feed them. We, we just are letting them be a part of our lives, and we get to be a part of their lives. And... Um, Kind of my whole job is sitting around drinking coffee and talking about life with students on campus, which is a dream come true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's yeah. Asbury.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So God uh, in Wilmore, Kentucky, Asbury University was one of the uh, our first go-tos, and God is, you know, again create um, open doors, just the right people, especially for Kelly. Um, Just the girls that God has given to her. Um, Nothing against the guys. Caleb, you're awesome. Uh, But uh, he's really just ordained. You can tell he's in it. And getting us connected to just the right people at Asbury University. And then the other thing, and then I'll get you out of here. It's getting a little warm. Um, We were in our church. It was like our second Sunday in our church. And our pastor gave an announcement about a ministry that was reaching out in the public school systems. And they were looking for mentors. And that this program during the school day was allowed to come in during a class period and uh, teach a lesson. It was on like, character development uh, for sixth grade students and that they needed uh, mentors, they needed volunteers to mentor that you would, you would have a group of five to six students throughout the year that you met with once a week and kind of just debrief and talk about the lessons. And it's, it's a Christian ministry, obviously in the public school, you have to be careful about what you say, but here's an open door. And the youth pastor in me was like, wait, what? Like, I can get into the public school system and talk to these students? Like, sign me up. I'm in. And I hear my boss's voice in my head of, come and share the love of God to students, however God opens the door. And I'm like, it doesn't get much clearer than this. Like, God, I'm listening. I hear you. Like, I see what you're doing here. And so, FAS, the Francis Asbury Society, has now connected with this ministry in an official way. It's called Four Kids. And in Fayette County, which is the Lexington, Kentucky area, and then the county that we live in, they're in four different middle schools. They're allowed to go in during the school day, uh, pre-COVID. COVID Uh, COVID obviously messed things up a bit, but they're still there. Uh, Twice a week, you go in once with the lesson. And then the second time you come in at the end of the week with your team of mentors and volunteers who get to just sit with five and six students and debrief the lesson and talk about what does this mean for you. And so I met the lady who's in in charge of it. She started showing me all the behind the scenes stuff. This is all biblically based. And it's holiness too. Living a life of obedience to Jesus, of spirit power, right? And and again, obviously we have to be very careful what we say, but... uh, the kids open the door more often than not for us, and as soon as they open that door, man, we can say whatever we want because they started the conversation. And so uh, we are now fully partnering with this ministry called 4Kids, and FAS is taking the role of trying to build a uh, like a community council of local churches in the area to say, listen, gang, this is it. Our schools need us, and we have... A, literal open door to go in. Will you join us? Uh, And I've said it a thousand times to people. It's a no-brainer. Like, you can give up an hour a day. I don't need to sell this to you. Um, But it's just so exciting what God is doing that we get this invitation, you know, share the love of God with students. We're like, okay, God, we have Asbury University. This is great. We love it. And he's opening opportunities. But where else? Where else might you open the door? And he's like, How about the public school system? You want to go in there? It's like, Yes, let's do it. And uh, she has seen this ministry has been going on for 10 years now. Uh, she has dreams and visions of making it go national, if God would allow. Um, but man, it's just exciting. Uh, and we're, we're seeing fruit already in, through conversations and interactions with students. So that's what God uh, Some things that God is uh, opening up for us with the Francis Asbury Society, FAS is involved in a number of other things. I meet on Monday afternoon uh, with a group of ministry workers. A lot of times Scott is there with us. Uh, We meet for a time of prayer and encouragement. We want to be an encouragement to you, uh, and I think if you keep this guy around, uh, you'll probably be seeing more of FAS around, Um, but uh, we just want to come alongside and encourage you and be a help in your journey, in your walk with God, and also in your interaction. With your local community. So the last thing I'll say before we, I wrap up, um, we, we are missionaries, and so we do have these things, our prayer cards, um, which if you would uh, want to take one, I think they're in the back and up, up here as well. Uh, we would covet your prayers. Uh, God is doing great work, and the enemy hates it, and so uh, there is a, a battle going on, and so we need your prayers, Uh, and if you want to be more in the loop, you can give us contact information, and we can keep you more in the loop, and we want to pray for you as well, and then we are also on missionary support, and if you ever felt led to uh, support us financially on a monthly or annual basis or a one-time gift, that would be a huge blessing. Uh, I'm not trying to like side hook you here, um, but if if this is something of interest to you, we would just love to talk about it. Bottom line, and if you guys want to come back up and Prepare to close us in song. Church, we are called. We're called to make disciples. Talked about that in Sunday school. We're called to live our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel. And we don't, I don't have to say it too many more times. I think we get it. The world needs us. They need us. So even amongst the pressure, even amongst the anxiety, even amongst the fear, let's look to Jesus who can make all of that grow strangely dim. Allow us to stand firm as we imitate Christ. That's who we're pointing people to. Point them to Christ. And watch as your families, as your communities change and all the glory goes to him. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for equipping us. Lord, as we go from this place, uh, the Holy Spirit, so fill us to overflowing that we live a life worthy of the gospel. We're humbled and we're grateful that you've called us. We love you and we pray this in your name.